Welcome, Annyeong Haseyo from Korea. I am an Australian living in Korea and I'm starting a series about living in Korea. I've been here for four years now and I'm in my mid-thirties and I teach English now and this podcast is going to be for people who maybe want to live in Korea or want to live in a foreign country, what it's like to live in a foreign country, a country doesn't speak your language. Um, so this is about my diary of the last four years living in Korea and going forwards uh, for the fifth year actually. I'm going to stay for another year. Um, just a little bit about myself. I've been lucky enough with my past jobs to visit maybe over 60 countries and I've lived full time in three different countries. Like I said, I am Australian but I got to live in Canada for four years. I got to live in Germany and I had a, a job on a cruise ship for eight years which got me to see many countries. I love traveling, I love different cultures. I wish I could learn languages but I struggle with learning languages. Um, so that's just a bit about myself today. Today I'm just going to talk about why I chose Korea and what I'm doing here in Korea and <laughs> how come I'm still here after four years in Korea and I'm going to finish off with the five best things, events, moments that I've had in Korea up until now. So I've been lucky that two and a half years of my four years, I there was no coronavirus, so I had free run of the country, um, no worrying about coronavirus. And I've also had the last 18 months with coronavirus like everyone else has. So I've seen the variance and the changes um, so I will discuss a bit about that. I don't want to be too negative on this podcast and I'm not going to go too deep into policies and rules and comparisons, but I will do a little bit of it compared to Australian policy and American policy, but I'm not going to give uh, critiques of it. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Um, so to start off with is why did I choose Korea? So four years ago, I finished working on cruise ships and my background is a teacher in Australia, but I haven't taught for over 10 years in Australia. In Australia, when I started teaching, um, I was very young. I was 21, 22. I'm now in my mid-30s. And I struggled to... I like teaching and I like doing the PE teaching, but um, teaching high school at 21, when I struggled with the discipline and the... Um, how do you say it? like the bad students so I didn't have the social skills to deal with them and I, to be honest I still struggle with uh, conflict and that sort of interaction so the last 10 years I've been living overseas which I sort of mentioned and I'll go through in in the future but I picked Korea because one of my roommates on my last contract he did teaching English in Vietnam and I went home back to Australia I'm like what am I going to do? I don't want to teach English. I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to teach in Australia. What am I going to do? Um, so I did the TEFL course. I did the TEFL course, the 120 hour TEFL course. I smashed it out in like three weeks, four weeks. And I got that. In hindsight, I didn't really need it. But actually, I appreciated doing the education to do that. And I'll talk a little bit about that in another podcast about teaching in Korea. So I started applying for random jobs in Korea, Japan, Vietnam, Thailand, 
every country in the world I had no preference on where I was going to go I just wanted a job I probably was home in Australia for maybe two three months starting to get feel the un- unemployed and a bit of stress and I just wanted a job and the first school to come back to me was in Korea it was a small uh, hagwon small private school they got back to me and I talked to them and they wanted to give me the job and I said yes I hardly researched what I was saying yes to but I just said yes so that's how I chose Korea it was just on a whim I could have gone to Japan I could have gone to Vietnam I could have gone to Thailand I could have gone to Europe Africa I didn't care but the first school that got back to me was a Korean school so they got me the job and in 2017 I moved to Korea let's talk about this first few months I'm not going to talk about um, the visa process and all that stuff I'm going to do that in another podcast but I'm just going to talk about what it was like to live in Korea those first three months so when I first came to Korea the couple of days beforehand I started um, watching YouTube I never watched YouTube up to this moment I just didn't know what it was was and I started watching YouTube and I started watching um, food videos and I started watching um, accommodation videos and all that sort of stuff so that got me excited got me interested because to be honest I love travel and I love the world but the one sort of area of the world that I knew least about is Central Asia Asia, Japan, China, Korea I don't know that much about I love Europe I love European history I know a lot about South America I've worked on cruise ships in Canada and America and I know a lot of Americans so the one country the support part of the world was a bit of a lack of information I knew about was Asia and specifically Korea so the food I was watching these videos about spicy and some weird food um, and accommodation I knew accommodation is going to be small but that was fine so I come to Korea in June so in June is the start of uh, summer here in Korea it was quite hot but it gets a lot hotter in July and August I arrived on like a Friday or a Saturday so I had the weekend to myself before I actually met anyone in uh, from the school or any actually the school bosses picked me up and dropped me off at the apartment but then they had something to do so basically I had the weekend to um, take care of myself the school was located in uh, a town called Garyong a small town a bit of a military town there was a military base there and it's close to Daejeon so Daejeon is maybe like the sixth largest city in Korea it's sort of in the middle midwest side of the country and Garyong if I had a car I could get to downtown Daejeon in maybe 15 pin, uh, fifteen minutes 20 minutes but on bus yeah, it took maybe an hour to get to the good spots of Daejeon or to go to Seoul there was a KTX station there to get to Seoul it would only take like 40 minutes so it was actually faster for me to go to Seoul than it was to Daejeon anyway a bit more about Garyong Garyong was surrounded by mountains there was an army base there so a lot of the students I ended up teaching were students of military people um, it was a quite um, it was a very small school. It was only like six, seven classrooms. It was run by a, 
um, very nice couple but uh, so it was very interesting city a uh, town there wasn't many foreigners eventually met my other uh, foreign teacher so there's just the two foreign of it, foreigners and then in the town there were other foreigners but I never met them I never met them um, so I remember walking into one of the restaurants and I got blonde hair and one of the kids was just staring at me and eventually I found out that kid was going to be one of my students I didn't know that and I don't think she knew that but she was just staring at me it's probably my blonde hair or I have a bit hairy arms so a lot of the Korean kids aren't used to um, men having hairy arms so it's, they find it quite interesting so the first weekend I uh, go to the supermarket and uh, the one thing I remember about is I uh, I go and buy some ramen okay I'm in Korea I watch YouTube videos everyone talks about ramen so I go to the supermarket and buy some ramen in my head I thought the hottest was going to be the red packet so I didn't buy a red packet I bought a black packet I thought oh that might be alright so I buy the black packet and it's one of the main brands one of the spiciest ones and I take it to I didn't know how spicy it was going to be I take it to the cash register and I pay for it and the, gr the girl uh, Juma she sort of talked to me and I think she was trying to hint to me this is spicy don't get this one but I was like oh it's okay it's okay and I remember that night I'd go and eat this ramen and it blew my head off like I'm not you know in the past I ate spicy food and I thought I could do okay but that's very like western spice like I wouldn't say I'd go out of my way to eat chili before coming to Korea or um, eat very spicy food. So it wasn't like I was trained or anything. So this ramen, I'm eating this ramen and it was so hot. I struggled to finish it. I didn't want to waste it because as a you know, old school backpacker or someone's just starting to live by myself, you know, I needed, uh, I wasn't going to waste food. I started to get worried, like, oh my god, is Korea going to have food that's too spicy for me? What am I going to eat? But anyway, that was just something I remember on my first day in Korea. So, like I said, I chose Korea. But So when I decided to come to Korea, I thought, okay, I'll do one year in Korea. I'll do one year in Japan. And then maybe one year somewhere else. I'll do three years of teaching English and see how it goes. I had no real... Plan, but I thought one year Korea, one year Japan, one year in somewhere else, maybe China or Vietnam or something. So after that first year, I moved from Garyong into Daejeon, the main city next to Garyong, and I had two years there. And when the first year at the school, it was a much bigger school, um, downtown Daejeon, in a great spot, I really enjoyed Daejeon. A lot of people, a lot of Koreans will say it's quite a boring city, but I really enjoyed it. It was very relaxing. I could walk to school. I could walk to the gym, walk to the supermarket, walk to the party area. I really enjoyed it. And at that school, in Garyong, my, my best friend was my co-worker, and same in Daejeon, my best friend were my workers. So we got along really well. Um, uh, so yeah, so Daejeon, I stayed at the school for one year and then I stayed for the school for a second year just because they agreed to some terms that I wanted. I wanted to go to my brother's wedding 
and I wanted to go home uh, for Christmas and the Christmas was actually 2019-20 Christmas so just before coronavirus became um, a thing I think it was slowly a thing by December but no one was really talking about it as a threat and um, so that was lucky I got to go home and see my family spend 10 days in um, uh, in Australia and luckily I got to do that because I was planning to go home this year actually right now so I was only gonna, I was really thinking I was going to go home but at the moment I'm not going to go home maybe I'll explain more in another time but uh, so I'm going to stay for one more year so that's lucky because I'm going to be away from my family for another like two and a half years so that's quite a long time it's probably a bit too much I used to do it all the time and not worry about it but as you know my parents are getting older um, my family growing up and uh, people are getting married and so two and a half years spending away from them is quite um, it's starting to play on my mind I never used to care when I lived in Canada I didn't go home to Australia for four years so uh, every year I'm away from Australia I'm like oh that's just one more year away from my family anyway so I'm in Dijon I really like Dijon um, I go to the gym and I have my plan food and then coronavirus hit and then I was alright all right, I'm not going to go home I'll stay one more year and I moved cities I moved closer to Seoul I didn't get quite in Seoul I tried to get this job in Seoul but I don't know, schools kept on liking me, but then they found out I was Australian, they listened to me, and they're like, no, I don't know if we want your accent, I'm like, the kids don't, the kids understand my accent, why don't you understand my accent, anyway, so I eventually got a job in a city in Gnogi, Gwangmyeon, so, um, I got this job, and I've been here for a year, it's a very small city, uh, that's nice, it's been okay, for coronavirus it's fine, um, I started playing some sports this year which was great, I played some baseball and that gets me up to now, so that's a bit of a very fast express um, thing about my four years here in Korea. So now I'm about to, actually this week, I start packing my apartment, I have to move into a hotel and then the teacher that's replacing me will come into my apartment that I'm here now and do the quarantine and then so I have to go move into a hotel for a couple of weeks and then I'll go and start at my new school my new school is going to be still not quite in Seoul it is Seoul but it's not quite in Seoul but it's going to be on the uh, east side of Seoul at the moment I'm down south it's not Seoul we're in the Kanogi province. I still can't say that province right. Kanogi province, but uh, and saying my new school's in Kanogi province, but basically this province surrounds the Seoul area. <clears throat> so that's going to be on the east side. So that's exciting. I'm going to move to change schools. All right. So that's a little bit about that's my last four years in very fast uh, um, pathway. So I just want to tell you. At the moment, when the first instinct moving to Korea was, it was very safe. And then my first town there in Gyeongyang, I didn't speak Korean, obviously. I actually learned the alphabet in Korean, and 
very poor pronunciation probably, but I learned the alphabet very fast. So if you want to learn Korean, just knuckle down, find one of those apps, and you, if I can learn the alphabet very fast, you can do it very fast. But unfortunately since then, I got lazy and I haven't learned the vocabulary. So I can read Korean, but I can't, uh, I can't read, I can't talk, I can't speak it. Um, so that's annoying. Um, but in general, you can get away with speaking English in some places. But some places you just can't. You're going to have to point at a picture, or you're going to have to point at a food, or you're going to have to get your Google Translator out, or the video, one of these translator apps, and scroll your phone over the menu, or over the paperwork that you got signed, or something like that. So, I would say, depending on where you are, of course, and if whether you're lucky or not, whether someone speaks English, um, that's what's like to live in Korea, not speaking the language. Um, it's very random. Uh, you could go to a restaurant and you think it's going to be okay, and they just won't speak English to you. Um, so what I suggest is learn the alphabet, learn how to read it. Yeah, like I said, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, and learn the food first. First is food learn some numbers, learn the money, and then I wish I learned more, more than that. <laughs> um, five moments in those four years. I just thought I started off. And what I've done on Instagram, if you find me on Instagram, living.mln, um, I've posted some pictures. So if you go there now, um, you can sort of look at the pictures as I discuss my top five moments in Korea. Um, they're not very I'm not a podcast expert I'm not a photography expert I am trying to learn and get better and vid I'm going to do some videos too I'll put that out there that I am not an expert in any of this I am an amateur and but I do want to improve on all facets so if you want to listen and subscribe and uh, go on Instagram you can um, follow my journey as I try to improve in all these areas of podcasting photography videography, editing, all this sort of stuff. I really want to try start to learn. I don't have any outrageous goals. It's still just a part-time thing for me. I have a full-time job. This is sort of more just a hobby for now, just to see if I can do it. But um, Okay, let's get ready for the top five. I'll be back in a moment.
Yeah, so follow along. So the first one, if you're looking on the Instagram of my photos, is it was called the Muju Fire Fire Festival. So Muju is down near Daejeon. It's a ski resort in winter. It's probably the most southern ski resort in Korea. But this was in uh, late autumn, so maybe uh, November, October, November. And we went down on this festival. The festival's... Um, we got to the festival, uh, it was organized uh, on a tour. So in Korea, if you're living in Korea, normally they're still still trying, but there's a whole bunch of tour groups that um, design tours, not for teachers, but the programs are set for teacher weekends and teacher vacations. So um, anyone can go on them, but uh, for if you're a teacher, these they do a great job and they take you to places that's maybe a little bit harder to get to uh, by yourself and also it's a great social thing to meet people and make friends um, meet people in the same situations as you I remember actually this tour it was an overnight tour and I remember that night everyone was just talking about their schools how the schools were, some negatives, some positives, uh, the students, the program so it's a great way to meet people Anyway, the Muji Firefly Festival, you're looking at the photo. Um, we got to do the lanterns. So these lanterns, you put fire and they, you blow up these, I guess, these lanterns. And for me, it reminded me, as someone who's worked on cruise ships, with the kids are, if you know the movie Tangled. Tangled, she's sitting in a boat and all these lanterns go up. And this was sort of my Tangled moment. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, however you think, I had to watch that movie many times with the kids. And um, so this was my tangled moment. So you light the fire, and these lanterns go up, and they go in the sky, and it was really quite amazing. Environmentally, I don't know how safe it is, but I know this <laughs> in Australia you could never do this lantern festival in Australia. No way, there'll be bushfires, and um, I have read that some of these lanterns are environmentally friendly. So just make sure when you do it, just pick ones a bit more uh, depose. Uh, say the word but that uh, decompose yeah um, I don't think they're doing these I think all festivals that's unfortunately one negative at the moment in Korea all festivals have been cancelled everything's cancelled Korea has some very interesting festivals some very unique festivals and they're usually good fun some of them a bit hit or miss but um, I think they're all cancelled this year of course and last year as well so this was the Muju Firefly Festival. So the fireflies actually isn't the lanterns. So after that, um, we went to, into the mountains and um, I guess there's these little flies that just light up in the light and um, in the moonlight. So we saw them. So that was a great day. The photos was cool. I did get quite drunk that day. So I actually had to get woken up to see the little um, fireflies. Um, but it was a great day and it was also I met some great people that on that tour so that was good fun the next one is Jeonju Jeonju I love Jeonju Jeonju is a bit southern of Daejeon uh, from Seoul it would take you maybe an hour and a half on the fast train maybe a bit longer from Daejeon is about 40 minutes and Jeonju is it's got the main part is the old Hanok village and it's very traditional, it's very nice, um, but it's a bit modern as well, like the restaurants and the food. Um, but I really enjoyed it there. I've been there three, four times. I've stayed in a Hanok house overnight. 
and that photo you see I've put of Jonju is me drinking a beer overlooking the view I think it's a bit it's getting a bit cold there so um, I really enjoyed it and I like Jonju and I totally recommend it uh, people get dressed up in the Hanok uh, uh, Handbox, sorry, dressed up in the traditional clothing. If you get dressed up, sometimes they let you into some of the attractions free. You can rent the Hanbok if you want to do that. Uh, if you go into the host hotels and booking sites, you can get a Hanok house for you or for a couple or for a family. I also recommend doing that. Also, Jonju is the home of the Bimabap. Bimabap is like the rice and the veggies and you mix it all up. Very simple dish, but that's the home of it. And they have some great restaurants that do that too. Uh, I just like it. It's a very good vibe. It's a good weekend trip away. Um, it's one place I really recommend. It's just a small little village. There is a city outside Jonju as well, but uh, to be honest, I don't know much about the city. I've always just gone for the Hanok village. Number three, the next two photos is the Olympics in 2018. I love sport and I love events and I've been to, I was in Sydney for the Sydney Olympics 2000 I was at the Olympics for the Vancouver Olympics, I was working in Whistler and um, uh, actually we got to work on the Olympics in Vancouver and now this, I was lucky to go to my third Olympics which was in Seoul uh, not Seoul, Pyeongchang um, in Korea I took a week away, luckily school gave us vacation and I took a week off and I went up to Gangneung which is like the seaside city that the Olympics was hosted so it hosted a lot of the indoor events and then the ski mountains wasn't far away, it was only like 40 minutes on the train and it was so much fun, I always loved the Olympics, I know people have negative thoughts on the Olympics especially right now but um, it really makes people come together and it's a good vibe, everyone's in a good mood, you meet people from different countries, you sometimes get to meet the athletes, and I love it, it was so much fun, I saw some hockey events, I saw Canada versus Korea in hockey, I paid quite a bit of money for that, but seeing the home nation take on Canada, which is probably the home of hockey, uh, that was awesome, I saw some ski jumping, I saw some cross country, and yeah, so that was a great time. I really enjoyed my time in the Olympics. Um, I was hoping to go to Tokyo Olympics, actually. I was going to do that in my vacation right now, but um, it is what it is. Uh, the fourth event is the blossoms, the blossom seasons, the flowers. This um, I'm not much of a flower person, but they are awesome. And when you see them, you get so excited. They're blooming. And the thing with the blossoms is... I just I didn't notice the first one or two years that they are out for such a short amount of time. So when people say the blossoms are out, everyone gets excited because you have to you got only got maybe two three weeks to go and see them and get your photos and uh, see them in different locations. Because by the fourth week they start to die off and then that's it they're done for another year. So if you're only in Korea for one year teaching or you're only coming for the blossoms. Um, they're very short amount of time so when they come out when you see they come out when you see the Instagram photos the YouTube the whatever uh, yeah jump on your bike and go find them uh, I took my family my mum and my stepfather came over and we went to Jongju that was good that's a very traditional place they got the um, 
not Jeonju, sorry, Gwangju, Gwangju, and uh, that's got the king's tombs and stuff like that. But it's also got a very famous street for blossoms. So we went there. It's just a bit northern of Busan. Um, obviously in Seoul, in the Jamsil area, there's the lake. That's really good. And unfortunately, the last few years they shut it down because coronavirus. Um, but even in your local town, you'll find blossoms there everywhere. In the local train station, on your local streets. Um, if you look hard enough, you'll find them anywhere and you can get your photo and the last one is a concert I love music I love live music and luckily this was maybe November 2019 I got to see Mumford and Sons I love Mumford and Sons I love the indie rock indie folk music and me and one of my work colleagues as soon as I found out Mumford and Sons would come to Korea I booked tickets it was a Friday night and I was living in Daejeon and I had to race to Seoul. I think we finished work at we finished work at six o'clock, and the concert started at maybe like seven twenty or something, seven thirty. So we had to get to Seoul in the concert by an hour and a half. Jumped on the train, taxi, train, then get to Seoul, taxi. We were a little bit late, but we still got to see a majority of the concert, and it was amazing. Very small, intimate uh, place for Mumford and Sons. I'm sure normally they've around the world they uh, sing in big stadiums and stuff like that but here it was just an intimate maybe 1,000 person little hall uh, when we got in <laughs> we couldn't really see properly but we managed to squish our way through to see them uh, the concert was awesome actually the power sort of went out for a moment so they had to do some songs acoustically that was quite cool I don't know if that was planned they say it wasn't planned but I don't know if it was true or not but they come out in the middle of everyone and just uh, playing some songs acoustically, no electricity, no nothing. So that was cool, that was fun. And that's the last photo. So those are the top five moments uh, in Korea. Um, so that will do it for this podcast. I'm going to do another one. I'm going to talk about more about um, daily life of living in Korea. So shopping, groceries, food, gym, all this stuff in the next podcast. And I also plan on talking about five things I've done around the world so you sort of just get a bit of an idea what my history is what my um, what I like to do so you can sort of relate or not relate um, also another post I plan on doing is sports and events sports, I love sports, music events um, partying, concerts um, most of that's going to be about life before uh, coronavirus um, haven't really got to do much of that since coronavirus uh, and then I I also plan to talk about TV and movies, Korean movies and TV shows that maybe you don't know about. Um, so Korea, the Korea's got some really good uh, TV shows and movies. Well, I like them, so I'll, just, I'll put some out there so you can have a look. And I do, I do plan to do a bit of a comparison between coronavirus here in uh, Korea, pet Australia or America, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm educated enough. I don't watch enough news to be educated to give my opinion. And then, yeah, that's so uh, that's a bit of a plan. I also plan to do a podcast about for the people that do want to come to Korea and want to teach or yeah, teach. So I'll give you some not not I'm going to tell you what to do, but just some guidance there because uh, things are always changing with quarantining and stuff like that. But some hints and tips to 
uh, getting your visa and then also like what your first month is like what you should prepare for so that's all in the planning anyway thank you for listening um, I have got the Instagram living MLN I plan to start posting working on my photography skills and posting some photos some videos food um, yeah thank you for listening bye Okay, let's get ready for the top five. I'll be back in a moment.